0: Continuing with the Bronx Wanderers. So we could we 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 couldn't stuff we couldn't stuff an hour of radio into an hour of radio. So now we're in spillover because there was just
1: naturally
0: we, we were just only up to the the Frank Sinatra stuff. So we haven't even gotten to like the, the meat yet. So uh if you're new to this part, um this is Richard Solomon, got the Bronx Wanderers with me. And Hello there, there are there is hey. there are you know, we were talking about this. I, I I'm very close to my family. And I think that the fact that you guys get to be together and be a family and, you know, create great stuff as a family and tour and spread love and and be energetic and and really contribute, you know, I think that's really, really cool. You know, I,
1: yeah, I mean, I look at I look at guys like Bruno Mars and guys that are my age that are like you know playing to ten million people every night and getting paid millions of dollars. You know, playing playing that would be cool. Don't get me wrong. You know, but uh, <laughs> but doing doing this Saturday night with everybody, you know, I look up at the stars and I and I thank God that I'm with the team that I have. I'm with the family that I have. I have the fans that we have, and I mean, I, I consider myself luckier. I don't know why. Well, Do you, you, Nick? Do you, Joe? I, well, I think I it's it. cooler.
0: Well, see, in uh, Yiddish... No, though,
1: yeah, it's great. I mean, listen, it, there's a certain structure, and there's a certain, uh, you know, you get people behind you working with the family, and it's, it's been definitely the ride of my life and something, uh, you know, I've worked towards. I think it's fantastic. yeah. We also just got Joe Barry uh, prescribed uh, Xanax, so he's a lot more normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, well, you you know I, gotta, I gotta say,
2: I mean, the, th- the thrill for me <laughs> is, you know, Vinny said to me, "I've got my friends, and I've I saw them all through the years. They grew up in the house. They would come over after school, and you know, I knew this one was a guitar player. This one was playing sax, and you know, but I didn't really get to know them super tight. And then it was like we just started to. I think we jammed a couple of times and it was like this is great and I mean the potential here is just you know amazing and the kids the la- I mean they they I say I have two kids on stage but I don't I have five kids on stage and I would you know I'm, and I tell their parents I'm like their dad and I treat them like they're my own and and it's just and they just work so hard they never complain and it's one of those what can we do to make it better and uh, Joe jo started in the band as the sax player, who then moved off to, he plays the sax, and he plays the keyboards. So then he moved off, That and now he plays the sax, he plays the keyboards, he plays the guitar. And uh, Joe, the other guitar player, Joe, Joe Bonasorte, Joe basically plays guitar. Now in the show, Joe plays guitar and he plays drums. Ethan is the bass player, also plays the drums, also plays guitar, also plays, you know, it's just like this really amazing, amazing thing where people come up to me and go, did these kids all go to Juilliard or what? And then you really stop and talk to all of them one-on-one, and they all look at you and go, no, we're all self-taught. And they just work <laughs> so hard at their craft. I mean, Joe, know,
1: we, Joe, B, Joe Barry's building guitars now. Wow.
2: I'm actually doing. I don't know if you heard me. I'm doing it as we speak.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so Vinny, I got to ask you. I heard a
1: screwdriver before, but I didn't want to say anything. The Richard Solomon model. (laughs) So,
0: so, so uh, Vinny, Vinny, I got to ask. Do you call Shirley Jones for advice if you get all these kids on stage?
2: (laughs) Oh my God! It's like, did you drive the bus, or did you have somebody drive the bus? And, uh, you know... Well, now we, now and,
0: we have Google cards, so... <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, so, but but it yeah. really is, I, I mean, it's... Yeah, we are. We are the portraits family. I mean, I literally, you know, this is not, you know, I, I, I'm not complaining, I'm looking up saying I thank everything I have, but, I mean, my schedule for this week was to get uh, to a show on Saturday night, and I literally left on Thursday night at 10 o'clock. I got to Chicago at... 2 o'clock the next afternoon, and that night I was invited out to go out with Mike Piazza and Tommy Lasorda for a big event in the city, and I mean, I would kill not to not go, and my eyes were coming out of my head, and I said to them, I really can't, I haven't got to bed yet, and I've got to go to bed, went to sleep, wake up. We go into rehearsals the next day. Uh, We do a meet-and-greet in the afternoon. We do the show on Saturday night, and then we do the meet-and-greet after the show, which basically... We got out of the theater, I'm going to say about 1 o'clock. I dropped the kids off at the hotel by 2 a.m., and I left and drove through the night with Nick. We drove back to New Jersey 13 hours, and we got home uh, Sunday afternoon, probably about 4 o'clock. Five o'clock. He's a nut.
1: He's a and complete then just, and road then just warrior. just went to nut. bed,
2: went to bed and woke up, you know, sometime this morning and it's one of those, you know, it's what we do, you know. And I and I look at the agents a lot of times. I mean, two weeks from now is a prime example of agents that think you're somebody when you're not. And the the answer is on Friday night the 20th we are playing in Baltimore. So the plan right now is we're going to go down on the 19th, sleep over, wake up uh, go to Soundcheck and do the job for Friday night in Baltimore. But what they don't know is on Saturday, the following night, we're playing in Chicago, and it's an 8 o'clock show, And which means that after the Baltimore show, at around midnight, we'll drive through the night and get to Chicago the next day, probably around 12 o'clock in the afternoon, uh maybe 1 o'clock, take a nap for about 3 or 4 hours, and go and... Knock out the show in uh, Chicago, and then this is where I have Nick on the on the phone with you, so I could have you yell at Nick with me. What I would like to do is sleep over that night no. and I'll drive back the following day, <laughs> whereas Nick man. says, "Come on, Dad, I'll help you. Let's go home right now." And so <laughs> uh, it would be he'd make me drive the Saturday night home, so, so that he's home in time to watch the Patriots.
0: So I have a question with with all those rock songs about the road. You know, the Allman Brothers said the road goes on forever, and yeah. Bob Seeger had turned the page, and I yeah. guess the Grateful Dead had truckin'. Yeah. What what's, what's, what's your road song? What's your road song?
1: Tell them about Six Man Song Band, Dad.
2: Well, we, had, you know, we did for a while. We had a song which was a really, really good song. Cashman West wrote the original song for what was going to be the Partridge Family theme, and it was called Six Man Song Band. And it really was a good tune. And, you know, the music business is what it is. You know, Wes Farrell, who was the producer of the TV show, and uh, Tony Romeo, who worked with us for a long time, you know, were not the guys that wrote the tune, did not have the publishing on the tune. And you know if it's the theme song to a show, you're going to always get paid no matter what. They turned around and they put together Come On, Get Happy, and because they would then get 100% of the money and so six-man song band never became you know the the theme song that it was supposed to be so we just kind of sat on a shelf for all these years and you know we kind of did it and really that is exactly what it is you know ne- next day you're on the road you don't know where you've been you know you're in a restaurant you think it's the one you were at last night And it's. but again you know i always stop and say you know coming from that you know middle-class background where my dad was a construction worker and my mother, you know, did sewing for my aunt's dress shop for Adele Simpson, which was a big designer back in the sixties. You know, my parents worked all day long and you know, my dad was out at six o'clock in the morning. And you know, so when I see I'm in a hotel sleeping and the kids are at a pool till 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, I, I hey, say,
1: somebody's got to do it.
2: I say, <laughs> you know, I say, we've got a really good life and we've got a really charm life. And you know what? If I have to drive 20 hours. That's okay. You know, if this is you know, people come out. You know, I, I told them. Yeah, we have
1: to be the hardest working band in the land. That is that is the deal. Because something I mean, great the, eventually the formula, the
2: formula that we're using is we're using the Leonard Skinnerd formula, where the record labels don't want to know you, the big time promoters don't want to know us. And we're just going to keep working. And by doing 225 days a year, no matter what, people constantly are walking up to the promoters of big shows and big venues going, Hey, why don't you have these guys? Never heard of them. Why don't you have these? Never heard of them. By about the 50th fan asking them, you know, why don't you hire these guys? These people are starting to break down now and go, all right, who the heck are you guys? And the next thing you know, we're working in this monster venue that Ringo's in next week, and Paul Anker's in the week after, and Tom Jones right after him. And we're playing these venues now. And it really is the, and it the is, formula of don't stop working, just working. And it is, thanks to, fans, working, and it is thanks
1: to the fan base. Oh, because without them, it's nothing.
2: They're incredible. So I got to They're head. incredible.
0: What, what, when you're on the road doing all that driving and traveling, what do you listen to?
2: Nothing. Ah. <laughs> Absolutely Wait, nothing. I'll say it again. We're on the radio. Nothing. You know, and if they' go to put the radio on. I go to shoot their fingers. <laughs> you <know>? No, but <laughs> you know, I you know, you know, uh,
1: have my staple. He'll listen to the Bee Gees. He'll listen to. We love Bread. Oh, I bread. love David. David Gates. He's awesome. Um, we listen to a lot of McCartney.
2: You know, I just I just brought uh, Paul McCartney's remastered version of Tug of War, which yeah. I love. and I've been listening that to that this whole weekend.
1: I make Dad listen to Radiohead and uh <laughs> me.
2: OK Go and all the
1: crazy bands that I love today. And uh you know, Joe Barry makes us listen to his stuff. He listens to like cool uh what do what do you listen to? Like cool like jazz and out there stuff. He listens, he listens very out there. Very <laughs> out there. <laughs> On my headphones. Yeah. yeah but but, we listen we listen everything because we have such a huge array a vast array of guys that listen that come from a million different musical backgrounds. Right. So the that, eclectic mix that we have between us is pretty wild. One minute you're going from the Bee Gees, the next to uh to old Blue Eyes is back, you know, putting on Old Blue Eyes
2: is back. Or, we, we had worked with Dina Martin for a while, which was a real, real thrill for me. I mean, she's the sweetest lady out there. And, I mean, I was a big Dean Martin fan. And, you know, getting to hear her up close tell me old stories about dad, you know, it's like, oh, my God, she's calling him dad. Unbelievable. Yeah, crazy. Really cool. So what, yeah. what, what,
0: I'm going to ask this to Vinny. Does do do you miss the old kind of radio, and and yes. and the record stores? Yeah,
2: I mean you know the, the, there is the record business that I grew up in no longer exists. I mean WABC. I mean for, for my New York listeners, WMCA, the good and, guys. You know yeah. the good guys. I mean these. You know and and, the, and then even when you know CBS FM started on FM. I mean the, these were iconic stations that. They would play top 40 radio. When top 40 was, you knew what the top 40 songs were in America. And I mean, I go back to the days where you would go to E.J. Corvettes and, you know, E.J. Corvettes would have like a stack against the wall of little slots and the 45 records one to 40 would be in and you could buy the record that you just heard on WABC and it really was you know you really kind of had a grasp on what's going on out there in the music business and now with you know everybody's a star on YouTube and and every artist is kind of releasing their own stuff it's it's just not you know you have your you have your mega big labels and you have your five or six you know staple stars that that are just they're all phenomenal I mean, I'm a big fan. When I listen to uh, Katy Perry and Lady Gaga and you know uh, Britney Spears, I mean they're great. I mean, they just uh, and you just you hear their stuff and you go, "This is great." But they
1: don't write their stuff,
2: and that's why it's so hard. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's 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 music. It's really good. music. And I mean, they are written by the same guy. Well,
0: you you know, you know, it's interesting. Is I remember because I, you know, I could I, I could relate. I I remember buying albums. For either two ninety nine or three ninety nine yes, Corvettes, because it was like three ninety nine, but if it was on sale, it was two right. ninety nine. And I remember buying albums like War Child and Spitfire and and just great yeah. stuff. Couldn't wait to get it home. And then you know you put it on the turntable, and even though you didn't see anything, you stared at the thing spinning around, and, yep. and you know because didn't yeah. do anything, and yet sometimes they had and posters. You ha- and you held
2: this beautiful twelve inch picture. With all the writing on the back, and it, and it was artwork for its day.
0: And, and the it lyrics? was great
2: artwork, and you think of some of the album covers that were just, you know, iconic covers, you know, the Sgt. Pepper's cover, I mean, the, you know, these are iconic pieces of artwork, and it, it really was, you know, just a great, great time, and oh. and it's just, you know, now it it's just, a world through that. a little CD. You know,
0: folder. Well, thick as a brick it you had, had it like a newspaper work. in it. Remember the original th- thick as a brick and sticky fingers had like a real zipper on it. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah these that's were, right. These were wild concepts. Listening to Taking Care of Business on 88.1 WCWP, WCWP.org, and TCDRadio.com. This is Richard Solomon. got the Bronx Wanderers with me. You know, growing up and I guess being a little bit older, um, you know, in, in age, I remember one of the best things to do is go to Tower Records and just walk around. And just look at all the stuff. And you can kill, like, two or three hours there just being mesmerized by, you know, what should I buy? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, It's a
2: cool story. There's a, uh, you know, in, in New York, there's a store called House of Oldies. And it's on Carmine Street. And it's one of those things where every record ever recorded is in that store. And if he doesn't have it, he can get it for you. And there are stores like that across the country. We work in Las Vegas a lot. And there's a there's a store out there, as a matter of fact, it was on uh, either American Restoration or uh, the Porn Stars, where they go in the record store to, to try and get some records and stuff, and it's called Wax Tracks. And the guy that runs that store is Richie Wax Tracks. And he called me up about a month ago, and he says to me, you're never going to believe it. I go, what happened? He goes, I got a phone call from Caesar's Palace that Elton John wanted to come over, I'm looking at the store, but he wanted to know if I can close the store so he could really get into it and walk around. And he closes the store. He says, on Sunday, I'll close the store. Close the store. And Elton went through the entire, it's a house, literally it's a house, where in each bedroom are categories of music. And he wound up, he said he spent about $10,000 in vinyl. That that's, wow. he's such a big fan, <laughs> that he's such a big fan, and that he wanted all these records that he had as a kid, and that he didn't know how to get his hands on. Wow. And he, he just said, he's now like one of my best customers. And I mean, it's, it's just those days, they just don't exist. I mean, we lived and died, I mean, Monday morning, to get your copy of Billboard, Cashbox, and Record World, just to know, you know, what the top 10 was for the week, and did we crack the top 40? and you know, how's our albums doing? And how's this record doing? And it's just, you know, I'm sure it's out there now in some form for the labels that are out there now, but you know, it's, Box tough. Is gone. it's tough. gone, It's World all websites is gone. now. It's well,
0: all you, websites. Well, the other thing that's kind of a real, real loss was the, the, the radio DJ personality. Oh, who actually got to ad lib, tell stories, uh, intro things. In fact, on the, 50th anniversary of our radio station wcwp they actually had old air checks in of of different people especially like you know ron lundy and harry harrison and 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 when you listen to what people were allowed to do um you know they they talked about all kinds of stuff they added all kinds of information it was unbelievable because now all you get is truly formula which is you know uh uh, traffic and Weather on the Ones and this and that yeah. and right. they don't even announce the songs our record,
1: our record on I think the album you have we have a song called I Love Rock and Roll and during the that's a song actually that dad wrote and in the middle of that record dad features all the old DJs like Cousin Brucie and all those guys on Bulls the actual fan, Jack, record Ron
2: Lundy, I, I used everybody Harry Harrison, Ron Lundy uh, you know uh, yeah so uh, that was dad to Bulls all those fan, Jack, guys and, you know, I thought, and I, and I feel the same way you did, that I just wanted to do a tribute to them. And I and I thought that, you know, it would be such a, The concept originally was we had done the song talking Baseball. And I thought it was really cool. We did the original song, Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. And we put it out... And instead of it being embraced by all the teams, everybody was mad that why didn't you put this guy's name in, why didn't you put that guy's name in it? And what it wound up doing was the one record spawned 24 records, where at that time there was, I think, 24 major league teams. And uh, we wound up doing 12 of the National and 12 of the American. And we, we wound up having 25 versions of the one song. And we just mentioned, you know, for the Yankees, we did all Yankee players for the Mets, it was all Mets players, you know, and just, it just became this thing. So I, I saw how radio took to that and I saw how everybody took to that and I said, wow, this would be really cool to do a thing with the DJs. And the funny thing was, I didn't, you know, anticipate it, but I got the same reaction. So I have cousin Brucey, e, Wolfman Jack, Ron Lundy, Harry Harrison, uh, you know, Jack Spector, Murray the K, everybody, Clay Cole. I mean, I put everybody I could think of that was anybody in this version, and I start <laughs> getting calls from like Pittsburgh radio. How come I to use <laughs> that guy? How come I didn't use that guy? And the cool thing was, so now I started sending out a generic version of it where the guys in those markets can plug their own little air check in. Hey, this is so-and-so from WV, and they they did. And so it was a really neat little thing that
0: just,
2: it worked. So we need
0: a Rich Solomon one now. There you go.
2: There you go. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. There it
0: is. Well, what's interesting is, for (laughs) for just trivia, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is, uh, if you go to YouTube, TCB Radio, WCWP, one of my guests, you know, was Cousin Brucey, And he was... So gracious and so wonderful to talk to. And here's a guy that I grew up listening to and admiring. And here Sounds I am.
2: great. I mean, you hear yeah. him today, you feel like you're 15.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, we, we talked. And, and it was just so cool because, you know, here I am, you know, eyeball to eyeball, elbow to elbow, uh, taking pictures with someone who, I guess, it was partly responsible for me wanting to be in the radio. Yeah, know, an icon in your industry. Yeah. yeah. And it's so like, right. Yeah. And, you know, look, I I'm, I actually... Luckily, I've met a lot of interesting rock people. I've interviewed people from the Gin Blossoms awesome. and Sticks, and uh, Kaz and Russell from Utopia, Joan Jett, Meatloaf, and Blue Oyster <laughs> Cult. And he was really cool. And he also talked a lot about you know the traveling. Um, I had Ricky Bird from the you know the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band. So you know I love this stuff, and I try to at least bring back on my radio show some elements of what radio has lost in the commercial world. I guess because we're commercial hope, free. Yeah.
2: So we're out. We're out one night at Sirius Radio, and I get you know again. I'm clueless. I'm from the old days, and I just you know. so I go in, and we're doing the Wise Guys show with Vinnie Pastore, and there's it's like four typical wise guys that you know them all, and Cousin Bruce he comes walking by, and he pokes his head in, and they they must have said the f word <laughs> about ten times in front of him. Trying to get him to curse, and I'm I'm like I'm like my jaw's on the floor. Like I don't realize that you could curse on satellite radio. Right.
3: That's and why Howard Stern. I, I can't Stern believe went that yeah. they're
2: saying these words. Much less I can't believe because of is having a heart attack at the door and nobody's helping him. And they're like, hey, I can't use that language. Hey. <laughs> Will cause and he just and he ran down the hallway, and I looked at them and they looked at me and they said, "Dude, relax. You could you could use that kind of language on the show." <laughs> That's
1: real. That's funny. That's funny. But we got we got to do the 40th anniversary for uh, WCBS-FM. We did yep. their their party for them, and we got to hang out with Joe Causey and uh, who was the other guy? Broadway. Bill Shannon and it
4: was great. Yeah,
1: Broadway. Bill. I mean, yeah. you know, I didn't get to grow up with the cool DJs that you guys grew up with, but as far as you know, radio personalities. You know that was that was a cool little thing that we got to do that one night.
0: That was kind of cool for the younger people in the band. You know, uh, you know, uh, you guys um, go on on the internet and actually listen to like air what checks. What is the thing
1: you call the internet?
0: <laughs> go, go, listen, go go listen to the air checks of some of the guys and. You'll see like, you know, maybe some some station before it went off air or something like that, they'll do like the last half hour of programming or whatever. It's been captured in a couple of places. I think uh, some station in Philadelphia went from rock to something else and they had all their old DJs come back and, you know, do like one last hurrah. And some of that's been captured. And when you really listen to that, you really see that at at one point in time, radio truly was magical. It really, really was. Yeah. there's something kind of lost in w- what it became. Not that it's horrible.
2: There was nothing like growing up and, and you know, being at some place like Jones Beach and uh, Oconee Island and just all the different radios that were on. And as you're walking from section to section, you're hearing the voice that you know and the music that you know. And it's just, it, it's not like that. Now.
1: As, as the kids, we're lucky that we have guys like you and Dad that give us this sense of culture and sense of history of how cool and great things were. And it's and that's the crappy part about growing up today is that our generation doesn't have that. And that's why we're so lucky that we get to be surrounded by, you know, guys like you with a real radio show, guys like all of dad's friends, doing all these package shows with all these great you know, it's, it's a I mean, I mean, just, different world.
2: Just in the last two weeks alone, we've worked with here and the Raiders, the 1910 Fruit Gum Company, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, um, uh, Jeter Noon, uh, who else did we do? Peter Gary Noon. Lewis and the Playboys, and, uh, you know, Peter Noon was phenomenal, and I mean, the, it's wild guys, stuff. Jay and the Americans, I mean, they're just great guys. They're just good guys, and just, you know, you hear them talk about their years on the bus and their stories, and... And you just go, wow! I can't believe you know. I listened to your record, you know. The guys from here and the Raiders came up with us and said, "Man, we loved you guys. We're like fans of you guys now." And I go, and I go, man, I was watching you guys, you know, when they had their show on Saturdays on WEC, and I was like, you know, wow, I love you guys. I'm fans of you guys.
1: You know, yeah, it's, 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 it's a different world today. Sadly, it is. Well, and, and,
2: it's, it's, and it's thanks to guys like you
1: that keep keep the real art alive. Well, thank you, know, you. And that's why we're honored, honored to be a part of this show.
0: Well, thank you. You know what? One of the things I did that was sort of interesting, which is the flip side of the oldies is, I don't know if you guys know Michael Epstein, who's known as Epi. He ran my father's place in Roslyn, which was the, the, it was like, it was like, it was sort of like, you know, the bottom line was, and the stone pony was, but only in Roslyn. And he had, you know, he had Springsteen come in to open for the Paul Winter Consort, if you could believe that. And like 1971, I mean, just, there was just, I mean, you see pictures, there's a a book that they wrote. He was one of the co-authors with the guy, Steve Rosenfield. And I know Steve and that's how I met Epi. And, and so I, I became friends with Epi. And Epi produces a lot of great shows where he has people like Denny Lane uh, do like a, a solo a, 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 you know, a solo show in Glen Cove. And what we did is um, Epi was very, very big with WLIR, which was sort of the alternative music in its day in the 80s. And so what we did is I brought him into the studio and he brought all these CDs, just brought all these CDs. And what we did was we just sat down and played two hours of just newer music. Um, from people that really aren't so so i you know i try to cover the Beatles, i try to cover you guys try to cover the oldies but we also try to be a little wacky because i'm, I'm really trying to add something back to radio just so that it's there because you guys are keeping the flame alive uh because let's face trying. it that that flame really needs to like the olympic torch it's it needs to be carried from city to city uh because yeah. it is it is a special you know, flame it is yeah, the,
2: the, the yeah. amazing thing that we've Always say in the record business, you know, sitting around in a conference room, you know, a hit is a hit is a hit. If it's a good record, it's a good record. It's going to stand the test of time. And you know, we were we were looking for a song for we had an artist called Dean Friedman, and I was like, you know, what would be a good tune for him? And this was, you know, around 1980, and so we came up with "Let's Hang On." And Dean did, you know, the the four-season song, Let's Hang On. And it became like a little minor hit again. And it was always that formula that a hit is a hit. And so when we get to go out and play what we play, you know, a lot of times we'll get, I don't know how that's going to play in Montana. I don't know how it's going to play down in Arkansas. You know, know, I don't know how this is going to go over in Texas. You know what? Everywhere we go, it works. Because the music is just good music, and people really love it i mean chicago we are they are just the most amazing wonderful people to us and it was the promoter that told me years ago he said listen to me we either have oompa bands here or heavy metal bands here somebody like you comes in and does dion and frankie valley and you know some stuff from the 70s or whatever this is like a breath of fresh air to them and it all of a sudden just clicked. And you know, so now we're there and we were like, we're very big there. And it's, you know, same thing with Milwaukee. I mean, we do, we, we, that whole Midwest little pocket, Iowa, Milwaukee, you know, it just, we do so well there. And it's because, you know, good music is good music.
4: Here's my story. It's sad but true. It's about a girl that I.
0: Listening to Taking Care of Business on 88.1 WCWP, WCWP WCWP.org, and TCDRadio.com. This is Richard Solomon, got the Bronx Wanderers with me. And, well, you guys really have the good music because there's so much energy. And, I mean, you guys really pour it out. Uh, one of the things that that no, no seriously, uh, I won't name any names, but I remember going to some shows at at, at uh-huh. some venues in Long Island, and you you had all your hopes up, and then all of a sudden after forty eight minutes, all right, thank you, good night, mm-hmm. and it's like wait well, yeah. wait wait, or this other group that they said oh and we'll be doing autographs, you know, in the parking lot, right. and and it was like after Nature. fifty after fifty two minutes, and I'm like, oh wait wait, I I slept, I waited I waited online and. Right. All this for forty eight minutes or fifty two minutes. I mean, come on! And yet, we Major. Did a- I mean, we
2: saw that when oh, we started. I, I, I like I really guys say on stage. Go ahead we, and say it. We did a showcase in uh, in Las Vegas, and the, the thing with the showcases is you're in front of a hundred buyers, and you have to get up, and in ten minutes you got to like make them want to hire you, and you play like your best stuff or whatever. So there's a real big name band that's playing the showcase and they have a, a, you know, a signature tune and they're playing like five minutes worth of, I don't know what they're doing. And they played the opening intro to their signature tune. just like a guitar riff, two second deal. And they stopped and they looked at the audience and said, if you want to hear that tune, you have to hire us. And they walked off. The buyers were so mad and yeah. so incensed that they were all screaming, nobody hired them. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. you know, come on, man.
1: And a lot of other times we actually saw bands when we first started out doing the package shows because we couldn't do our own show alone yet. I saw guys on stage looking at their watches, going like, is, is this over yet? Yeah. And I looked at Dad, and I remember saying, I never, ever wanted to feel like that on stage and the biggest compliment we get from people is it doesn't matter if there's five people in the audience or 5,000 people in the audience. You guys just look like you're having the time of your lives. And the truth is we are because we play every show like it's our last. You know, we're not we're not a major famous act. The fact that we're up playing in front of 800 to 1,000 people is is a dream come true for, for like, you know, the young guys in the group like me. I know dad's been doing it for, for years, but it's a dream. You know, and to be up there to say that you say that we pour our hearts out. That's literally what we're doing because <laughs> we love what we're doing. Well, I love what I'm doing. Look, it It even shows I in this show,
0: it, in, the, in what we're doing now, just talking about it. there's so much passion. There's so much passion <laughs> and great yeah, stories. It, and, just a
2: lot of it is, you know, how lucky are we? I mean, you know, when people say to me, man, you're so lucky you're playing with your kids. And I just look back and go, believe me, I know. I do. I know. And and we are, and it's just, you know, I got to watch them grow up, and I got to watch them where, you know, oh, my God, how are we going to get through this job? You know, we need two hours of music or 90 minutes of music, and we only know 60, and to the point now where it's like, what, four hours, yeah, no problem, and, where, and <laughs> they carry me. And it's just amazing the way this whole thing is kind of
1: We believe in that. each other, and that's, that's the main thing. We believe in each other,
2: and, and we I love each our- other. Our attitude towards it is kind of what separates
1: us from being like another nostalgia act. You know, yeah. the nostalgia yeah. act—they're—they're they're thinking back to oh yeah, the '50s, the '60s were our heyday. We approach every concert like like our today's rock our band. day. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Sure, that's a, a, a very day. interesting um, perspective. This is our day.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, in in many ways, it's kind of sad to think that your best days are behind you. You know, exactly.
2: You know, I mean, and that's that's yeah. what we're that's yeah. what we sell to the audience. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great point. Great point. And, and you know, one of the, one of the... It, it, my friend Ray Dariano is just a wonderful guy. And anybody out there, look him up. He's just, he was the guy that broke all Elton John's records. He was the head of promotion for MCA Records in its heyday. He did Kiss. He, you know, he, he moved over. He became the head of, of uh, Casablanca Records for a while. Donna Summer, Kiss. I mean, just every major act in the 70s, he was like, had his hand in. And he constantly says to me, are you enjoying the ride? And I constantly say to him, no, what ride? Because I'm so worried that it's going to end tomorrow. And I'm so focused on, okay, so, you know, if you go on the internet and see our comments on Saturday night, people say this was the best show ever. You know, we've seen you guys eight or nine times. This was your best show ever. So instead of enjoying that moment, I'm now stressing over. Oh my God, we're going to be back to New Year's Eve. How do we make it better? So what can I do for New Year's Eve to bring two or three new things to the table that we didn't do last week that make it better that people say, Oh no, tonight was better than that night. And that pushing and that constant striving for never to rest on your laurels to just keep making it better and better and better, you know, is is what I'm after. I mean, it's it's a major theme to us.
0: Wow how do you make it better but that puts a lot of pressure on yourself you
2: know yeah i mean it's (laughs) it's, you know it's there's a lot of a lot of friction in the house because we you know we're we're constantly you know it's always on it's never off you know a lot of a lot of the bands that are out there everybody goes to their own home and they go home and that's it you know whereas with us we come home and we're still on and we're still talking about last night and the night before. And what are we going to do next week and what can we do? You know, and then and then my wife throws her two cents in the mix. And then the next thing you know, it's an all out, you know, where we're really, you know, having these discussions. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we kind of scream. I'm trying to make it nice. But, you know, you know it, yeah. gets, it gets into, you know, like the other night, we opened up with this Back to the Future thing because it was topical. And we opened up with The Power of Love, which, again, that's not an oldie. And it's not something you're going to see in an oldie show. And then, you know, we did go into the Wanderer after that. So, you know, we, we, we jumped right into an oldie that you know, but it was good. So now my question is, well, it was such a good opening. You know, we're playing this week on a package oldie show. Can we open with that? And then, you know, you get to, you know, my wife saying, well, you know, it's an oldie show. You shouldn't do that. You know, it's not good. Yeah, but you know what? It's different. And I want to be different and I, and I don't just want to come out with, oh, okay, here we go again. You know, Danny Ayello is going to introduce us and it's going to be a Bronx tale and boom, we're going to bang into the wander. It's like, no, it's got, it's got to be, it's got to be different and it's got to be good and it's got to be this. And then the next thing you know, we're all kind of at each other. But then we
1: look at dad and we go, but yeah, dude, but look at, you know, Tony Orlando. He's doing the same show that he did 20 years ago yesterday. And then dad looks at us and goes, yeah, but we're not Tony Orlando.
0: Well, like okay. so we need
1: to keep making this better.
0: the things that they they say that makes radio different from say an ipod or one of those mp3 players is that no matter how many songs you have on that ipod it's the same songs being reshuffled but the thing about radio is you really never know what's really going to be next even though there's formula stations and you know they have their playlists you don't really know what's going to be next Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I try to do is I actually don't really have a format to the show, uh, to my show. I, you know, you'll have, you know. The, you
1: have us on it, clearly.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I've had, you know, Lyme's disease and then the Bronx Wanderers and then Dr. Ruth and then Cousin Brucey and then, uh, you know, the awesome. Nassau County District Attorney. So you really have no idea who's going to be on. Each
1: day for you is a show. Each day for you is the same thing.
0: Right. And, I, I, and, and the truth stuff. is we never really say what's coming up. So people actually have no idea when, when when we hit the air. They have truly no idea. And not only that, sometimes they don't even know until the end of one show that there's going to be another week of what they just heard until I just spring, <laughs> just spring it on them at the end and go, wow, this is so cool. We've got to do more of this. So, yeah. you know, so I, I appreciate you got to keep that.
1: it fresh. I mean, that's what yeah. it is. You've got to keep it fresh. Well, You've got
0: to be a knuckleball pitcher. That's what they say. Like when I,
1: exactly yeah. right. And so, how awesome was that documentary they came out with, Knuckleball? That was awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now, it's interesting love that. in in you know what I do for a living is I'm an attorney and sometimes I'm actually hired professionally to take depositions, which is basically, you know, civilized interrogation. And one of the things that I'm sort of known for is I'm kind of a knuckleball pitcher. You know, everybody prepares the witnesses says, "Alright, look, they're going to ask your name, your background and blah blah blah." And I I start at the middle and I shake things up by, you know, throwing things at people that they don't <laughs> expect. You know, it's the first document. And they're like, well, wait, wait, wait. And then sometimes I'm real fast-paced, sometimes a little slow. So I'm very unpredictable. So it's hard to prepare. You know, even when I have a case where I'm going to be taking 10 depositions in a row, the ninth deposition never looked like number one. And they they can't prepare. And you don't want them. That's what, you know, so so I understand that. There's actually a business logic application to all this stuff, too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do this. Um, This was unbelievable. We're going to do one segment. Um, we're going to wrap it up here because this was truly unbelievable. You guys rock, rock it out. Um, do you want to talk about any future <laughs> projects or announcements or, or spill anything? Uh, you know, anything in development that you want to talk about?
2: Yeah, gonna, <laughs> I, I'm staring at a picture of two skeletons staring at a phone, and it's the sound guy and myself. The caption is "Gil and Yovini waiting for the phone call from Las Vegas." <laughs> after,
0: <or not>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so so let's let's uh, we're gonna end here, but we have we're gonna do one more segment, but that's gonna be something super special in a super secret like you know the Manhattan Project. So great. for this segment cool. of radio and and or YouTube or whatever, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing oh, your precious you. time. Thank, and thank you. Great stories thank you so and making and making much. rock and roll fun again. I love was
3: only true in fairy tales. Meant for someone else but not for me Love was out to get me That's the way it seemed Disappointment haunted all my dreams Then I saw her face Now I'm a believer I'm not a dreamer I'm in love. I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her if I tried I thought love was more or less a given thing. Seems the more I gave, the less I got. What's the use of trying? All you get is pain. When I needed sunshine, I got rain Then I saw her face Now I'm a believer I'm not a traitor A disappointment haunted all my dreams Then I saw her face And
0: All right, that wraps it up for this week. Thanks for listening. Keep it here at 88.1 FM. Our email, of course, is TCBRadioWCWP at yahoo.com. And our website, again, is TCBRadio.com. Thanks for listening. See you soon.